communication is always a two-way street. It's not only how you convey a clear message, it's also how you listen to the other person so they feel that they are being heard and fully understood. The story of Orpheus and Eurydice is one of the most beautiful and sad in Greek mythology. In the story, Orpheus, the greatest poet and musician in history tries to reclaim his wife, Eurydice, who had passed away. To save his loved one, Orpheus had to travel to the underworld and back. How far would you go for love? Being the son of the sun god Apollo and the muse Calliope, commonly referred to as his mother, Orpheus was said to have learned the lyre from Apollo, his father, but to have surpassed his teacher. It was also said that his music could calm even the wildest beasts and control animals and inanimate objects like rocks or rivers. The story begins when Orpheus fell in love with a nymph called Eurydice. Orpheus played his lyre while his wife danced and the two of them led a happy life. They were so madly in love that soon they got married by the Hymenaios, the god of marriage himself. However, at this moment of pure bliss, Hymenaios prophesied that happiness had an expiration date. Eurydice was a nymph of uncontested beauty. According to Virgil's Georgics, this great beauty did not go unnoticed. A minor god named Aristius attacked Orpheus and attempted to snatch Eurydice right after the wedding. The nymph ran into the forest, where a venomous snake bit her. Hymenaios prophecy came true. Eurydice was dead and Orpheus had lost his soulmate. After Eurydice's death, Orpheus was devastated. He understood that without her, life on earth was meaningless and decided that he was ready to do whatever it takes for his beloved. He then took his lyre and went to claim her back from the dead. In Hades, the underworld of the Greek religion, Orpheus managed to go through the three-headed guardian hound Cerberus by enchanting him with his music. He then began wandering amongst the souls of the dead until he reached the thrones of Pluto and Persephone, the king and queen of the realm of the dead. When they asked him what he was seeking, Orpheus played his lyre and sang. His song was the saddest and most beautiful song to be ever played in the underworld. Orpheus sang about his love for Eurydice and her tragic death. He then sang about his sorrow and how he wished to get his wife back. Orpheus was successful in convincing the gods of the underworld to return him to his wife. However, Pluto and Persephone asked him to follow one simple rule. Orpheus would lead the way out of Hades but he would not be allowed to look behind him until Eurydice had left the underworld completely. Orpheus did not hesitate for a second and accepted the proposition. Pluto then presented him with Eurydice and Orpheus began the long ascension to the world of the living. Orpheus managed to remain calm and did not look back throughout the whole trip. However, the closer they were getting to the light of the world of the living, the more enthusiastic and impatient he was getting. When the first beam of light touched his face, Orpheus immediately turned around to hug his beloved. At that moment he realized his terrible mistake. He was standing in the world of the living but Eurydice was still standing in the dark world of the dead. As Virgil wrote, Orpheus immediately understood that poured out was all his labor, broken the bond. In horror he took a final look at Eurydice, her last word spoken was, farewell. Which he could barely hear, and with no further sound she fell from him again to Hades. Hermes, the sole guide, took Eurydice with him back to the underworld forever. It is said that Orpheus committed suicide right after he lost Eurydice for a second time. In some alternative versions of the story, Orpheus successfully saves Eurydice, and the two lead a happy life together. Nevertheless, the canonical version of the story is the one with a tragic ending. The most common narrative is that Orpheus went on with his life but never forgot his one true love. It is even said that he stayed true to his word and never got with another woman. Since this is ancient Greece though, Orpheus found a way around that and, as Ovid writes, the only friendship he enjoyed was given to the young men of Thrace. 
Orpheus would sing everywhere about his sorrow and lost love until he met his end and was reunited with Eurydice in the underworld. Why am I telling you this and why is it relevant? For now, keep this story in the back of your mind. I was recently discussing with a friend and they happened to mention something about me that made me evaluate my conversations and how I pay attention to what and how I put my words together and also how I say them. I have felt hurt occasionally during or after I have had a conversation with someone when I learn how I just heard them but failed to listen to what exactly they were trying to say. I just said words in response without thoughtfully weighing the impact of how helpful they were and if they needed to have me tell them any words. This internal turmoil, despite having come to my attention, was flagged off and disregarded until just early this week when the issue resurfaced again while I was conversing with my parents and later on while texting a friend. Both parties, my parents and the friend, were right about one thing. I needed to listen to them and not just hear them. Much was getting lost between hearing them and not understanding their point of view partly because of my need to have any response exchanged back and forth relevant to the conversation. It felt like I was just dishing out information on the topic we were addressing but I failed to see the middle ground. You see, a conversation is, of course, talking to each other. When you meet someone, what do you think about if not what to say something along the lines of greeting and perhaps the dreaded small talk bit. Most people get very good at making a conversation and slip easily into a public mode of small talk and other exchanges suitable for particular occasions, but it's simplistic to describe the conversation as straightforward talking. Communication is about more than just exchanging information. It is about understanding the intentions behind the information. Communication is always a two-way street. It is not only how you convey a clear message, it's also how you listen to the other person so they feel that they are being heard and fully understood. When you are an active listener, you will hear the subtle intonations in someone's voice that tell you how that person is feeling and the emotions they're trying to communicate. Through active listening, you can build a stronger connection with the individual. Effective communication is the glue that helps you strengthen your connections to others and ultimately moves the team and organization forward. Clear, effective communication skills enable you to deliver negative or difficult messages without creating conflict or destroying the trust you have worked so hard to establish. I do not struggle with my words but more often than not people on my receiving end have ended up nursing psychological wounds because of my candid choice of words. My adopted philosophy of being brutally honest with myself has become so integral to my daily life that what sounds like plain honesty to me is read as being callous or even rude by others. For a start, people often don't say what they mean, especially when they end up feeling biased or threatened. Quite often through embarrassment or fear, you can lead someone away from what they mean. There's much going on under the surface when you do not feel like you are being listened to. What people don't say when they talk to each other is as important, and probably more so, than what they do say. A response such as I don't know, delivered in a flat voice, is as likely to mean, I don't care, I'm angry and you don't understand me. As to be a simple assertion of lack of knowledge. Look at it from this perspective, a spoken sentence is only an overcoat, and the real meaning lies underneath its scarves and buttons. The quality of your thoughts and feelings has an impact on the other person, whatever words you use. Sometimes, the apparent subject of a conversation is not even the real subject of the conversation, and both parties in some bit of themselves know it. You might have an end-of-life conversation with someone, and you talk about whether the pillow is comfortable, and whether sleep is hard to achieve, yet the whole conversation is a way of saying, I love you, and the other person, without remarking on the fact, hears this simply and directly. If you were a fly on the wall to this conversation, you would read the real meaning in the tone of voice, the look in the eyes, and many other tiny cues. Sometimes, language is symbolic, and what needs to be said can find expression only in images. 
Anyone in the teaching profession like good coaches, teachers, journalists and counselors knows that they can be too good at asking questions and keeping the flow of conversation going. Leaving silence, just like breathing, allows the other person space and sometimes produces a revelation. I once listened to someone tell me about their problem for 10 or 15 minutes. At the end of that time, they thanked me warmly. I now know exactly what to do, they said. I hadn't said a single word. But I had been listening. I'm not saying that my listening solved their problem, but it was the catalyst that helped their unconscious to solve their problem. It is said that the sculptor Michelangelo could already see the finished form of his work in a block of stone, and his job was to release it. As a catalyst, you allow the other person to release an answer that is already there for them to find. As in music, the silences between sounds are as significant as the sounds themselves. In conversation, silences are full of meaning. When you listen to information and not the silence, you miss the quality of being in the space. You think that things need to happen, that you need to do something, when in the silence what you need is already present. Rumi, the Persian poet, Islamic scholar and Sufi mystic, wrote in one of his discourses, Speech is always within you whether you speak or not, even if you have no thought of speaking. We have the wealth to influence each other by what we don't say. You can be angry about a relationship inside your head, completely. Dash or you can be happy and loving and grateful for it, your perception changes everything. Most of us think that such thoughts remain in our heads, but because we are always communicating, our silence communicates as loudly as our words. Some part of the other person's consciousness has an inkling of what is going on inside our head. When we allow silence, we expand possibilities. At first, it can feel awkward. As soon as there is a pause in conversation you may be tempted to rush into words to fill the gap. But if you can just be with the silence, this is where communion starts. Allow the pause and wait for words to come if they want to. When we become comfortable with silence, idle chatter seems empty and futile. People who have been on a silent retreat often remark upon return to normal life that many conversations now feel pointless or unessential. Silence, like stillness, is full of movement. Even when you are still and quiet, you are always breathing. I think of a tower that naturally sways slightly at the top, if you were to force it to be still the rigidity would be damaging to the structure. So too with silence, when the Buddha is sitting in still and silent meditation, there is a dance of consciousness within. The still point is nothing but the center of a dance or the eye of a storm. A propeller spins at great speed and appears still, all movement, yet all stillness. In silence and stillness, your body expresses more than words ever can, deep truths that have no language. You might think that a silent listener contributes little, but silent attention is all that is needed. These two aspects of active listening and purposeful silence in a conversation provide the crowning piece of understanding between parties. One cannot live without each other just like the tragic story of Orpheus and Eurydice. One cannot live without the other and if it happens to be the case, the partner left behind will go out of their way to recover the other lost partner. That is a wrap for me. I hope you found this article beneficial to your self-development journey. Let me know in the comment section down below about what your thoughts are on practicing active listening and purposeful silence in a conversation. Until next time. Coffee and chill.